Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hello everyone, welcome to another very special episode of Men Up, Men Down. So if you haven't hit underneath a stone, uh, I think that's the expression of the last few weeks, you, you would have seen, because we, we, we talked about a lot on social media, um, that David and I hosted a live podcast um, panel, if you like, in, in Brighton um, in, in November. And uh, we're delighted to now share this recording with with all our listeners, and hopefully it you know a it's, it inspires you a bit, and and b gives you some food for thought. We thought the discussion was amazing. We had about twenty twenty five people um, in the room, so for our first event, we were really pleased. So on that note, first of all, thanks to our sponsors, Well Doing, of course, Infigo, and Fatfish Digital. You know, if I say to, to your loss, who's, who's listening to it now and you were in their life, uh, they put some money behind the bar, so we all had a had a free drink or two. And um, thanks, of course, to the to the panel. So there was Louise from Well Doing, there was um, Stuart from Dead La Soul, and uh, Mick, who you might remember, he was diagnosed with attention deficit and, and dyslexia, and was on the podcast early on this year. So they were on the panel. So yeah, enjoy it. I'm going to give David a few minutes to talk as well. But before I do that, I wanted to read something out because we got a really lovely email from from a listener recently. We we do get some emails. We would love to get some more feedback. But with podcasting, as it often happens, and I've been doing it now for for a few years, you know, you, you don't often get the feedback. So it's it's really lovely to receive feedback and even lovelier to get something like this. So one of the listeners... He listened to the new diversity and middle age episode, and, and that's obviously an episode that's that's close to our heart as well. And uh, sorry, just to clarify, he has given us permission to read this out. So he said, "This episode has sparked something in me. Despite professional achievements, a wonderful family, looking from an external viewpoint, having everything you want and need, I found myself grappling with a sense that something is quotation marks wrong." I attributed these emotions to int- introversion and a tendency to be somewhat melancholic. However, your show has prompted a profound reflection, and in David's narrative, I discovered many similarities with my own experiences. So, the reason I'm so pleased about this email is because to that listener, you know, not only David makes a difference now by by emailing him back and forth, and and I don't know what what they're planning. Maybe they go and play some golf together. <laughs> we're not planning we're not we're, gonna, we're not gonna run off without you volker don't worry it's just nice to see and, and, and hear that feedback let's see that you know you're listening if i say you out there listening to us you're listening to to our guests and you can actually explore something inside yourself you see a reflection of yourself and it might spark you to you know to, to look at your own life and, and maybe make improvements or you know drill down on things i mean just at time of recording, we, we we recorded an episode with someone today who talked about a suicide attempt. So, and and we 
duck a little bit deeper there and you know that that episode will obviously go live in the new year and it's just it's just nice that people are willing to talk we always talked about that you know pe- pe- people need to talk and and people are happy to share their experience as as we always say right if we can save one life on on this podcast then you know our job is done so anyway before i become emotional as david always says i hand over to david for a few words and enjoy this episode it will be split into two parts going live you know the two thursdays before christmas and um from my side have a very happy merry christmas a good start into the new year and we see you all next year and, and please send us some emails to podcast at menupdown.com i'll say it's a good job that you read that out because uh i don't even know my own email address I think Volker said it all, really. But, um, yeah, I think the uh, the live event, <laughs> I was very stressed in the build-up to it. But um, we always tried to see it as sort of a learning experience. And, uh, I mean, well, you know, the, I wish that we'd had a mobile mic, a mic at the back. We were hoping for audience engagement. I thought that might be difficult to kind of get that going. But, you know, it was, it was great. And, you know, I don't know, it really did show that there's lots of men that just want to talk and you know talk about well I guess all the questions that we dig dig into you know what does it mean to be a man you know in 2023 slash 2024 but yeah we're uh, certainly going to be doing another one not booking in just quite yet let my stress levels go down a bit but um but I'm sure sort of you know early new year we'll have some news around that Thanks to everyone um, for yeah. tuning in. Thanks to Volker for uh, keeping things always chugging on. And, uh, well, enjoy the live show. Thank you. I'd like to introduce you to Louise, founder of Welldoing. You've probably all heard the episode, but um, she did an incredible episode for us. She was in, formerly in journalism, came up with the idea of Welldoing. Fantastic demonstration of it's never too late to uh, change your career and do what you want to do. But without further ado, take it away, Louise. Thanks, David. It's really uh, great to be here with you all. It feels very strange, I have to say. It's taken me back to in the 1970s, visiting my brothers at boarding school or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, although probably I look very different. Uh, anyway, moving along. I'm Louise Chun, and I'm the founder of Welldoing. We're a therapist matching platform. We help people find the right ther- therapist for their needs. We're very proud to be sponsors of the Man Up Man Down podcast. And as David says, I've already appeared on it. I find the subjects for discussion and the actual conversations really illuminating and I believe they're supportive for their audience and to me that's a really key detail in a podcast like this. I started well doing about nine years ago after three decades of working in the media and I'd worked on newspapers like The Guardian but most of the time I was the editor of a women's magazine from Just 17 to Good Housekeeping from InStyle to Psychologies. And at the start of Welldoing, the work was not so very different from working on a women's magazine, but without the free lipsticks. <laughs> Most therapists were middle-aged and female, and the greatest segment of clients was very much the same. Men were quite clearly underrepresented. Then things began to change, and we had more young people. 
that was initially where we noticed the change. Some of these young people were male, but often they worked in high-octane industries like finance, startups, law, and they often were looking for help with managing stress or negotiating relationships. Then, in 2016, Princes William and Harry launched Heads Together, if you can remember that, when they used to still speak to each other, <laughs> and things started to really change. All sorts of well-known people started to talk about their issues. Sports people, young and old, actors, comedians, politicians, bankers. In amongst all of that, there were certainly lots of women, but there were also increasing numbers of men. And it changed the temperature around mental health. The reception was less icy and hard, and it became a warmer subject, more empathetic, with more understanding. You didn't have to feel like a freak if you were struggling and spoke about it. It became okay to not be okay. For some, slogans on social media are just what's needed to get them through tough times. But talking to a trusted person can be hugely helpful. For some people, that will be a friend or a relative or a lover, but an increasing number are seeking a professional. Someone who's had rigorous training, has evidence for their treatment, will be measuring their progress and resilience and can be trusted with the secrets that you may never have shared with another person. Men are challenged in different ways from women. I mean, I hope I can say things like that here. <laughs> they may feel they have a much greater pressure to take responsibility for their families, for example. They may feel they can't show their emotions. They may struggle with their relationship, but be afraid to speak up about their doubts. Money can be a terrible source of shame and stress, and work is often viewed much more as a sign of status or failure than it is often for women although brackets, not all women. Uh, often men don't want to show any vulnerability at all. Many struggle with anger as their fallback when life isn't going as expected. And for more men than women, coping strategies like alcohol, drugs, porn or sex can become addictive. The statistics still show that men are less likely than women to seek therapy. But at Welldoing, we're delighted to say that we are seeing a definite uptick in men wanting to speak to a therapist. All of the issues I've listed above are the sorts of things that they're looking for help with. As well as really quite nuanced things like getting to know themselves better and wondering why they aren't more grateful for their wives or girlfriends. Truly, that is the kind of thing too that people might want to see a therapist about. Therapy is not the most embarrassing thing you could ever imagine. But sitting in a room with somebody or being on a Zoom session with them every week or so it does require effort and it is not like anything else that most of you would ever have done before. You have to be scrupulously honest with yourself, otherwise what is the point? You may as well go and have a massage instead. And clients often feel very bad at various points in their treatment. And yet 75% of people who have seen a therapist would recommend it to a friend or relative. I hope that if you should ever feel the need, you will take a look at well-doing. Yes, you will find a verified professional therapist or counsellor there, if that's what you want. But you will also find several thousand stories and videos devoted to mental health and well-being. Just like this event, sometimes what we all need is support from a community. And that's what Volker and David have been building with Man Up, Man Down. And I'm delighted to be with you all tonight and to join in the live version of the podcast. Thank you.
Thank you, Louise, for those kind words. I mean, I guess a good start would just to be to introduce the panel. We've got Stuart coming from Dad Soul. Hiya. Um, would you like to uh, tell us a bit about... Yeah, hi. Um, Dad LaSalle is a community group uh, for dads. So it was founded six, seven years ago by our founder, Dan, who sadly couldn't make it tonight, and set up to create spaces and communities for dads just to connect. We run dads only and dad and kid meetups, the dad and kid meetups we run in Brighton and Worthing, where we're founded. With space for dads to come with their kids and meet other dads, have a cup of tea. We host events with them, anything from crafting sessions to skills workshops. Um, and then we have the dads only meetups, where again, we have VR headsets, pool, we have a beer, and we just chat. You know, a space for dads to fight isolation, find communities, find new friends, and realize that focusing on themselves can help their, better their life and better those around them. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself? I'm Mick Rigby. I am uh, the founder of an app marketing business. We're based in London, but we operate globally. Uh, we are, I think, the most awarded business doing what we do anywhere in the world. So we're really successful. However, and I guess the reason that I'm here today is because uh, about a year and a half ago, I went for a um, to, to see a, uh, a psychologist who uh, then pronounced that I was uh, dyslexic and I have attention deficit disorder. Um, so at the age of 54, I discovered, I guess, why I was doing a lot of the things that I did and why there was a lot of things that I would have liked to be able to do that I couldn't do. Um, so it was, quite, uh, it was quite an experience, quite a revelation. Um, but I guess that's the reason I'm here, unless you want me to talk about app marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doug, Doug might want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who's this gentleman I on the end? I just, I just kind of flew in, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, warm welcome from my side as well. So thanks for being here and supporting us. But I'll let D David lead tonight. You know, lots of cheerful stats that we've got on the screens behind us about uh, suicide. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess sort of one of the sort of themes that I sort of felt today's event loosely tied together is sort of loneliness in men. I mean, I think, you know, that's especially where Dad LaSalle has come from. I mean, sort of having neurodiversity issues myself, you know, there's a bit of loneliness that can come from that. You know, feeling like a bit of a, a square peg in a round hole. And, you know, as Louise has said, you know, there is a bit of a shift, I think, in men talking about their mental health. But, you know, it, it's still getting there. I mean, obviously, you talked about the princes and how they sort of brought men talking about mental health in the form. Netflix at the moment, there's a Robbie Williams documentary, which was one of the most powerful sort of commentaries on mental health that I've seen. Um, you know, sort of Britain's biggest entertainer talking about performance anxiety and, you know, not feeling good enough. There's also Paul Merson, one talking about addiction, gambling addiction. You know, so it does seem that, you know, men are still talking, but, well, I mean, I'm just going to do a quick pop quiz. I mean, who in the audience has suffered from mental health issues and has openly expressed that at the time? Oh, a few hands have gone up, that's good. I see Alicia, my wife, is here. She knows when things aren't going well, but I don't say, oh, I'm not feeling too good at the moment, darling. It's, uh, 
I guess it's expressed in a, a more of a defensive, spiky way. Why, why don't men talk and why do we need to talk more? Well, so I think, you know, we often find, and I've personally experienced it, we put ourselves last. You know, if you're a father, you're a husband, you know, or, you know, you're an employer or whatever it may be, you put yourself last. And actually, it's so counterintuitive when you stop and think about it. It took me years to do it personally. Just go actually focusing on myself, looking after myself, acknowledging my issues and my weaknesses and where, where I have struggles will make me a better father, a better partner, a better employer. Um, but yeah, often, you know, it's just you put yourself last because you, you know, there are those traditional roles that we still do, unfortunately, stick to occasionally for our detriment of trying to be the provider, look after, and we do feel those pressures. You know, I sort of, I was just, I gave up my full-time career to be a stay-at-home dad. So, you know, we don't have the traditional sort of relationship. And yeah, you know, there's often sort of that feeling of, am I not a real man because I'm not the main breadwinner? I guess, you know, there is, is a bit of a, an issue in terms of my self-worth there, but then at the same time, I sort of feel the relationship I have with my children certainly isn't one that I had with my parents. So yeah, I think, you know, there is a lot of, of it's all about balance, really. Volker, do you have uh, anything to add? About that, I get the panel to speak, but um, so you, the relationship with the kids is better or worse than with your parents? Oh yeah, no, I'd say it's a lot better. Yeah. Well, I think I could talk about my children's interests and their friends. Yeah. Certainly a lot more than, you know, my, my parents would know sort of about my life. So, so, so what do we think needs a shift? Is it because we, we are more aware of, of what we need to do? Is it because we talk more about it? Because we, we are, you know, a younger generation? Is it because the older generation never talked about it? I think that's really interesting. I, I, because I don't necessarily yeah. see that there has been a shift. It's interesting, sort of with friends and WhatsApp groups, you know, everybody my age, it's only recently, and I think through COVID, where people started putting kisses at the end, you know, a group yeah. of lads, and then putting a, one person put a kiss, and then a couple of times later, you get a couple of little red hearts. <laughs> and it's kind of brought that, I think people, or certainly sort of in those kind of groups for me, I'm starting to see people open up a little bit more. Yeah. And maybe it is, you know, the horrors of, of COVID and lockdown that has created that, but I don't know. I mean, I, I still find it very difficult to express uh, my emotions. And, and certainly, you know, to my, my wife is actually a psychologist, but, you know, so she manages to pull stuff out of me that perhaps yeah. I'm not happy to, to share or find it very, very difficult. And I think suppressing, suppressing those sort of emotions has possibly sort of, I guess, stunted my emotional growth. But when I found out that I was, you know, dyslexic and ADHD last year, that has, that has given me an opportunity to talk about some of my challenges. And in doing so has probably allowed me to become more expressive about some of the, my emotions, the challenges that I've got in life. You know, and, and it's made me, it's made me able to to share that. And also, I think because I, I you know, I've talked about it on LinkedIn. I've talked about it in, in a lot of different forums. People start asking me about it because they also have the same challenges. And I think because of the position that I have in the business that I've got, it's not going to reflect negatively on me. You know, it's not as if I report into somebody that would have an issue finding out that I've got, you know, attention deficit disorder, for instance in some organisations that probably 
will be an issue. So I'm super open in that environment. And by being open, I've started finding a lot more people have been more, more open to yeah. me. Man Up, Man Down is sponsored by Well Doing. As someone who has seen a counsellor for a number of years, I think their approach is great. They want you to find the mental health professional who is right for you. You can filter your search to highlight therapists with expertise where you need it, or you can pay to use their personalised matching service. The people who run Welldoing are experts in mental well-being, and they also have loads of posts and interviews to keep your mental health in good shape. Take a look at welldoing.org. Hello, listeners. It's Volker here. As you know, I coach middle-aged men through their life transition. And I have a special Christmas offer for you. My package is four times 45 minutes video or audio contact time per month, unlimited email and WhatsApp support, and I work on a three months engagement. I normally sell that for £1,000 per month, so that makes a total of £3,000 for three months. However, if you sign up before the end of the year, you get the three months package for £2,000. That is 33% savings. Just reach out to me under my email, Volker, so that's V-O-L-K-E-R, at opnate.us. That's O-B-N-A-T dot U-S. That's my new brand, which I will launch next year. I have five packages available, so hurry and let me know before the year is out. Thank you very much and have a Merry Christmas. Could I just say one thing, and maybe you are with your small male children, uh, maybe you do, you know, feel that you treat them the same as your small female children, but, you know, for generations and generations, people didn't. Mm. I've been around long enough to, to see that things have not changed a great deal with what's expected out of little boys and little girls. And some of the things seem to have gone... I'm talking maybe... I've got uh, three children, two girls and a boy, and there's quite a wide age range, two different um, uh, fathers. The the younger of the daughters, uh, really everything seemed to revert right back into into traditional girly, pinky, dolly kind of thing in a way that with the older two, they were at the, the point you know, born in the 80s, they were at the point where there was a pretty close sort of thing and then it just went completely back again to boys being brought up in a more boyish way and girls being brought up in a more girlish way. Yeah. You come from somewhere, don't yeah. you? You know, you don't you don't just turn up as a app developer or something as an <laughs> adult. You come through something and when you're a little kid, you know, the things that, that you were... You know, I came through with four brothers and no sisters. That makes me a certain kind of woman. Yeah. And I'm, I know I'm not like other women because of that. Because I didn't have an older sister going, this is what you do with your hair. And all that. Yeah. You know, and I think that we've all been through something like that. So do you think that sort of... Uh Oh, I don't know how to phrase this, but made you a better woman, a stronger woman. I don't know. I think it's made me a bit... It has made me a bit different, I think. More Well, I'm just sort of a a less girly kind of... Mm. You know, I've always been a less girly, but I'm not particularly tomboyish. Mm. But, you know, back to men, you know, that I've also seen with four brothers, you see a lot of competition goes on between 
young boys. Don't you know? It's just a very natural thing. Yeah, yeah. And I had a son who had n- nothing of that. Still doesn't have anything of that. He was like a freak, you know, because all the other boys wanted to do competitive things. So I've seen that yeah. sort of thing, and I think, I don't know, you guys tell me if you think that's true but I think you do, one is brought up as a boy you know do you think that that fundamentally is perhaps why men find it harder to express their feelings and share I mean certainly you know I, I from my female friends they're more happy to talk yeah you know to women, each other women and will emote with each other so uh, so quickly mm. with barely knowing each other Mm. I th- I th- they will tell it. They will share the birth stories. They will share the boyfriend stories. They will, you know, talk about absolutely everything. And and I I would include myself in that. It's just like a really natural thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think as much as you try, my son's six, and we were like, you know, we're not gonna pointing towards things and yeah, it's, yeah. you know it's dinosaurs it's yeah. minecraft and yeah. it's you know marvel and i'm like i don't even really yeah. know how this happened there's pressures from other kids and it, you know like you say it just keeps going but i think you know like you said you were saying with the how you look at yourself as as a person and like you know you can be open as a man but as a man we wouldn't talk to each other we don't go out there so i think this is why things like this are so great because it's you're creating your community where you can open up because by being here you're acknowledging that you're aware of issues and you can speak to people but this is what but it's a rarity it's a rarity you know if you walk down the street or met someone you're not going to open up to someone right like you know or your boss or your work colleague you yeah. may be scared to it's definitely getting better i think but you know when we talked earlier on and you're explaining you know the real positive stuff that you, you're doing is it because you've got a group of strangers in a room together that they're more open than if they were a bunch of mates in a room together I, I, yeah, I think so. I think, especially someone's first time, you see it, and it's a bit like, you know, and you suddenly realise, well, I don't know these people. If I, if I really want to, I don't need to see these people again, you know. And it's three hours of my life where I can have a chat, find out a little about, little bit about this person, realise we've all got something in common, and just you know, have a, a chilled environment where you're, you're not, you know, it's just you being you, and it happens so rarely where you just get a chance to just be you I mean I think that's sort of quite an interesting point that um, you know with, with your friends especially you know if they're friends that you've had since university or college you know you're kind of like well you know it's almost like you've, you've, you've got a reputation from you know perhaps a very small part of your life and then you spend the next 20 years kind of trying to you know you feel like you've got to be that person so, you know, when you meet up with your best mates, you don't necessarily talk about, you know, the, the, the stuff that's keeping you awake at night. You're still like, oh, well, I've got to be, you know, the funny guy that, you know, everyone expects. Um, so, you know, with, yeah, with strangers. And, you know, again, it's sort of, some of the guys here, uh, Gavin and Nathan run talk group in Hayward Teeth. You know, it's it sort of, you know, it might be professional counselling that, that helps you talk to talk, or it could be, you know, just a group of strangers. Well, I had a conversation with Ali the other day where, you know, I was like, um, well, two weeks later, I realised that he would have been the perfect person to speak to about someone, about something. But, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'll talk to a counsellor about it, 
or, or you know, talk to other people, but I'm like, oh, I should have actually just phoned my friend. But then there's also that thing of like, oh, well, you know, I know he's got a lot on, and you know, it's sometimes you don't want to bother your friends. <laughs> Def- you know? yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Or, you know, you're, it's like, well, if I tell them, they'll try and fix it. And, you know, I don't want someone to fix it, I just want someone to listen. Do men have more pressure to fulfill a role, traditionally? Yeah, I, I'd say, I think, you know, yeah. we all have pressures, but yeah, I think men, we probably internalise ours more. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we won't admit the pressures we're under. I mean, being a breadwinner, right, this one? Right, so, so in a job, we wouldn't go, you know, we, we have a mental health problem, right? Because if we lose our job, we lose the bread, right? Yeah. Do, do women not have that? I mean, you're here well, representing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I've been, oh, I've been the person sitting in the editor's chair when people have come in yeah. and said, "I think I'm, I, I need time off because I can't cope." Or, or a bereave. You know, the thing I didn't talk about that people often see therapists about are like, you know, couples counselling and, and divorce and bereavement. Those kind of things that happen in your life that are, are much more kind of general, I suppose, but they can be really hard to uh, deal with and I think you, you I think people probably think that if they're talking to a woman boss it's going to be easier to ask for that but I think they could be wrong in that <laughs> they could be the wrong assumption I don't, I don't know you know I think I know lots of women who have you know like I've at various times been you know the breadwinner I do think in general the mass of women probably yes expect men to be earning more than them and expect on some level to be I'm not terribly comfortable saying looked after but that's what I mean you know that that's the kind of thing I mean you know and I suppose in spite of women earning more and more they're still not up to what men earn that's one thing and they also tend to have well, they are, are the ones having the babies and they tend to be the ones having the maternity leave, etc. You know, you can't really change it that much without a huge social change, yeah. without a really huge social change. But some countries, I think, have done that. They have got the, you know, it's a much more, you know, level playing field between men and women, but I don't think this country is that. You know, I've got a, gr- a granddaughter yeah. myself who's three and a half, and it's quite fascinating to me to see her kind of, you know, take on the world. And, you know, she wants to go to the Science Museum. You can't take her to the V&A to see the fashion department. Not interested. She wants to see the rockets and the moon. and the, It's yeah. fantastic. You know, even with the sun, I didn't have anyone who wanted to do that. So, yeah. you know, things do change. There's, there's yeah. stuff working on you all the time. But isn't that isn't that part of the some of the societal issues right now that there is a stigma that you have to be left, right, some way or the other way. But as long as it's a loving, caring relationship, yeah. family, the the, the the sons and the daughters are happy, etc. Yeah, we've created this stigma that you have to be black, white, gay, straight. Well, female, female, like pink things, like rockets and stuff, and and I think the the, the basis of happiness, etc., the foundation of what you are as a human is being forgotten about, and we're looking at these material things that are then drivers of our relationships rather than the material basics of what we are as human beings, which is should be happy first. And I think it's like if you like these things or you do these things or 
we create these things and we're just put into this pressures of you should be this or you need to be this. Well, I think as you get older, you probably think, yes, it should be like that. But, you know, talk to a, a, a kind of Generation Z that I like I share my home with and you think, oh, my God, you know, it's just like she wants to throw everything out. She wants it completely, you know, everything has is, is got to be kind of um, gender fluid. I mean, you know, it's kind of really exciting, but on, on another level, it's kind of people do worry that it leads to things that they're not comfortable with and you know where does that leave men I don't know part of me feels like you know well you're all, in, you're all in control so what do you think is a male role nowadays I mean I, I've got two daughters who are in their 20s my oldest one's 23 and the youngest one's 20 I mean I watch my daughters now at 23 I, lo I love my daughters but they chastise their boyfriends and, and I watch them put them down and I'm kind of like well what is the male role now out there what is the male role because no disrespect well, women don't need men to have children anymore and I kind of try to educate my children at the age they are and I say to them look you can't keep putting men down because what do you want what do you what, what do you want from eventually putting them down and i think a lot of the mental health thing that's going on nowadays and it's not a sexist thing i just keep you know for having two daughters and growing up in a in a family where i had two sisters i've always been the male you know role my dad walked out when i was 16 so i kind of i've always been the sort of man in a family as it were i lived at home still with my mum and I've always had this, what is the role of a man nowadays? Start, starting to get a little bit undefined where a man's supposed to be in life. You know, the man was always the breadwinner. You know, he's supposed to be the main wage earner. He's the one that's supposed to, you know, provide. And I'm not knocking my daughters and any more than I knock my wife because she does it as well. You know, I kind of, it must be very hard for a guy who's growing up in this day and age to be able to know what their role is in the future. I'll just, just tip in very briefly, and this is from someone with a therapeutic background and right, study this way. You sound confused, I'm confused too. It's very confusing. Yeah. That's the one thing I would, just as a, just as a catch-all, mm. I think it's very confusing. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, good or bad, it's very confusing. Mm. So I hear you on that, and I've got a 21 and a 28 daughter. But it, isn't that where the Andrew Tate thing comes from? The confusion of young men. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you can you can put it in his box. But I think the most English relevant guy. thing that's happened in the last hundred years is the pill, right? It completely changed who we are biologically. Forgive me, but it changed mm. women are, and therefore men. Are. And I think we still catch up with that. I think that's still playing out. Things play out very, 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 very slowly. I mean, I think that's the actually the, the, the root of it. There's loads of other factors. Mm. Clearly there's loads of other factors. That, but that's the main bit. And Absolutely, yeah. And I see huge my thing. partner at the moment is, and I, I grew up in a single parent household with a mum and was brought up by women. So I'm a massive fan of them. The point at the moment, you know, you're talking about is it more pressure on men? I don't think there is. I think there's the same amount of pressure on both. I think it's fucking hard to be a human being yeah. and deal with everything that's going on. Sorry if that gets us together. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really hard. And, and the other thing, I'll just the last thing, and then I'll shut up because I can go on. <laughs> Someone talked to him about what we need to be happy. I'm not sure about it. I don't buy it. I think if you can be happy more than half the time, you are having a result. I think the rest of it is really difficult. People around you get ill. And forgive me, you've had some really tough stuff, and I have too. People die. Most of the people you love pass on. People leave. Shit happens, like, constantly. 
And in the middle of that, I think there is joy and there's amazingness and there's love and there's intimacy and there's all that. But this idea, I, you know, I think we've been fooled. Some sort of fooling gone in. Why are you not happy all the time? I just don't get it. Do, do you think? Do you think expectations for whatever reason, yeah. the world that we live in now, and the accessibility of you know the the internet and social media, and you know the, you you open Facebook and there's always somebody living a better life than you. Do you think those expectations are the are, are the key issue here? Everyone's upbringing is different, and that's going to shape your view on life. You know, regardless of we're talking about gender. I was going to say, I think, you know, that is that pressure of like, what's the role, you know, what is that role? But that role comes from the past as well. And it's an element like, it's an opportunity to, you know, that it's a pressure from the past of how the men's role was. And now there's a more bigger opportunity to go, you know, with my son and going, well, you know, my mum always cooked in the kitchen when I was growing up, you know, because the woman's role was to do the cooking. Now, mm. you know, I do all the cooking. So, you know, that's once mm. these small little micro changes mm. and just doing that, you know, I pick me and my wife. You know, she's got she works in Brighton. I work in Arundel, and it's like, well, I'll do pick up half the time, and I'll do drop up half the time. We share that role. It's a lot more sharing of childcare yeah. than there yeah. ever was. My my wife's role is you know equally as important as mine. You know, and I think that role for my son, like his role, is to find his way through life and find happiness, and that is the role. There, nothing else really matters. You know, find someone hopefully he can love, find someone he can support him, and you know. I think that is ideally that's all the pressures there are in life is mm. finding happiness that's bloody hard enough as it is mm. you know with everything that's going on and everything that's got to come in this world I think the sort of the pressures of what is a man what is a woman is becoming blurred and potentially that I don't know if that's a good or bad thing but it, it is what's happening yeah everywhere you look you're pretty much being told what you're doing is wrong so you know it's like well if you're a man you're not being caring enough for you know, feminine enough, or you're not being masculine enough, or, you know, um, fit enough, gym fit enough, you know, everywhere you look, you know, you, you're basically getting someone telling you that you're doing the wrong thing. And, and the thing, going back to, um, you know, comment or audience member made, being a young man in your 20s is a difficult time anyway, but I think, you know, growing up in today's society, yeah, it is, you know, it is more tricky. I mean, when you sort of said about sort of your, your daughters putting their partners down, yeah. what, what exactly did you mean by that? Well, I, don't I mean, look, I mean, it's sort of, I kind of feel like I've been accused of being a little bit misogynistic yeah. when Andrew Tate's name is mentioned, but, you know, I don't think I'm on the same level as that. My, my <laughs> argument's quite straightforward. I'm, I'm like 20 and 23, you know, they're 20 and 23, and I just, and I, I tried to tell them that, you know, because don't get me wrong, I, I've, I'm in this kind of relationship with my wife. I've been with my wife, what, 27 years? I've been married and I've been with her for 30 years. And there are times when my wife does it to me. And when you're feeling down, the last thing you need, especially when I was sort of like, what happened with my mum and everything mm -hmm. else. And, and when, you, when you are in a situation where you're feeling vulnerable, that's kind of where you need support. So I kind of tried to tell my daughters that, look, you know, if her boyfriend or anything is feeling a little bit vulnerable, the last thing she needs to be told, actually, is right, that he's yeah. not doing anything right. You don't want to be told, no one wants to be told that they're doing everything wrong all the time. I don't know whether my daughters, I mean, look, I'm, look, I'm, not, I'm not putting up, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty good fighter in trying to sort of fight things all the time. I've had to fight a lot of things, trust me, in the last two, two years, I'm still trying to fight the NHS for the reason why my mum passed away. So I'm kind of in a situation where I keep trying to 
So, uh, and when my daughter stands there and she puts her boyfriend down, I'm standing there saying, like, you know, he needs, you need to work as a team. Don't, mm. don't, don't try to, because what happens is, is what, what do you want from the end goal? Do you want to make him someone that's submissive to a point where he, you know, we were sitting here now and we're talking about mental health, you know. You've got, there's a fine line of how you deal with boys. You, you know, you're young, you're 23, you've got to learn how to deal with men. And, and all right, we can stand under the role of a father or anything else. I think it's my role, because, you know, you see a lot more of this stuff happening nowadays. I mean, you see, like, pop stars, it's a lot more prevalent now, whether that was the case in the past and we didn't hear about it because social media's so mm -hmm. bright, you know. I mean, they don't even say a lot of the time now when a celebrity dies, how they died and the fact that they took and taken their own life. And I think we, we concentrate very much now on mental health, and it is an important thing. And I think it needs to be kind of ingratiated to maybe my daughters that when I see them doing it, and I can see possibly in the future of how it's affected, because it affects me even now at 51, mm -hmm. you know, no one wants to be put down. You try and, I always say to my wife, and I've said this a million times, I'm trying to do the best I can. And when you're being told sometimes that's not good enough, where's, where's that gonna go? It's not gonna go up, it's gonna kind of go down. Mm -hmm. You know, so I kind of, you know, I mean, and, and the one thing I would say I'm pretty good at is I'm, 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 I think I'm fairly articulate. All right, I've had a couple of beers, but I think I can, <laughs> I can, I can kind of relate to my wife. So, I mean, I, I was sitting now, and I've never had counselling. I, I, I am a central heating engineer, and I tell all my customers my problems. When my mum passed away, there wasn't anyone I could tell. So I kind of offloaded. Someone once said to me, why do you need a therapist? I don't need one, because I tell everybody. <laughs> Matt is, is, is a builder. I've cried my eyes out in front of him, and my mum died, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of, I've kind of had this thing, I think life is one of those things that there is no, there's no plan, there's no, there's no answer to everything, and I think you've just got to, you know, not to be too philosophical, but I, I sit here and I, and, 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 so when my daughters are putting someone down, like their boyfriends, and I, if he does need telling off, but telling off when he needs telling off, rather than constantly telling him he's doing something wrong. This episode will continue in the second part next week. So we hope you join us again then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.